0: One of the biggest messages that I champion and that Splice champions is data for good. If we're gonna collect and know these things, the first thing we should be doing is using it to help create and better serve that problems.
1: innovators unscripted podcast where we dedicate our discussion to insurance innovation so today i'm speaking with tara kelly the president and ceo of splice a company that creates stronger connections and improves the customer experience by delivering personalized messages to customers via their channel of choice tara it is really a pleasure to have you on the podcast here today welcome
0: Thank you so much. It's wonderful to join you. I think it's an important subject right now, and so many people are talking about it that uh, it's good to be part of the conversation.
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome to be part of the conversation, and I gotta tell you, just to the point that you made, you know, there's uh, so much happening here in this industry, and it's really an exciting time to you know be uh, delving in the insure tech and in the insurance arena. But you know, I, what I, what I like to do is uh, is start the conversation around yourself and your background. So just to get let the audience get a feel of who you are. Now, um, you know, as as I look at what you've done in your past, you know, your history doesn't necessarily reflect a full and sure it's prior to, to jumping into working in splice so you know if you don't mind um, talk to me a little bit about your diverse background uh, prior to leading splice
0: Absolutely. So, uh, coming through school, I, I was working on my commerce degree, uh, which is like a bachelor business administration. Um, but had a chance to get into programming as a kid. And um, I often say, if my dad was a mechanic, uh, maybe I'd be, you know, running a mechanic shop now or or making cars. But um, my dad was a software programmer uh, in the '70s. And so, for me, um, as a very young kid, uh, you know, at nine years old, I started to sort of play with the idea of what is coding, uh, cobalt. When I was when I was about nine. Years old and, and sort of wrote my first basic. It could answer, you know, based on how old you were, what was this and what was that, and um, it was it was exciting to see something that could work when you weren't working. Uh, kind of went into business from there. I opened a health food store actually in '97 um, with alternative practitioners um, offering services. Moved into a health reminder system. Um, launched uh, my second company. Sold the health food store. Launched into software, and so I sort of did find my way back. But I don't know that it's as much about. Um, just you know the coolness of tech because uh, there there really was no such thing at that time. Um- it was just the idea that you could get this amazing efficiency. And I often like programming to gardening, um, believe it or not, because if it's a well-structured, well-planned garden, it puts on a beautiful show year-round. And I think that with software experiences, if it's a well-structured, well-architected background, it supports great customer experiences throughout the journey, not just one really sizzly spot, and then it kind of corrupts the bed somewhere else. So um, I think I'm about the efficiency and the, uh, the opportunity of it. So um, I've really just, I've sort of stumbled forward through customer experiences, efficient software, and really maintaining that balance of that high degree of personal service that obviously in, in a health and wellness business that was sort of really emerging um, in, in the late uh, you know 90s um, into the 2000s and finding that high touch personal care and automating where it made sense. And I don't know if that's ever really left the heart of what I'm trying to do um, is just to take take beautiful care of a customer.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, that's, um, uh, I think that's 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 fantastic in terms of where you came from. So just to, to go back to one of the things that you said around uh, cobalt, it's, it's so interesting that that's where you learned. And, and, and what's funny to me, of course, is when we look at insurance, and, and you know, we're going to get it a, a little bit deeper into the insurance space in this conversation. But, uh, you know, there was still or there are still a lot of um, uh, carriers that are operating on, um, you know, that that language in terms of the systems <laughs> that's operating on that. So, you know, it, it, it's funny that you, uh, that, that you mentioned and that's where you started and that's where you learn now you know just just thinking about the personal care and uh you know in terms of the customer experience and providing those connections that's actually a part of uh the value proposition for splice so you know i'd love to hear more for, in, in your words about you know what exactly Splice is uh, your role and, and what's the value proposition for the organization in terms of the problem that you're solving
0: Absolutely. So Splice software is really focused on, um, and we would call them customer-driven dialogues or data-driven dialogues. But in, in some ways, you want to cut you know past that buzz and that those that noise we want to provide customers with the right information in the right channel of their preference whenever they need it sometimes we know something first right like your car's ready for pickup or those you know photos you uploaded on the mobile app aren't good enough we know that first sometimes they know it first like hey i just bought a new car i need you to insure it or or hey i need to know do i have you know eye coverage um you know glasses or contact lens or whatever that might be or how much is left on my a dental policy or maybe we want to tell you, hey, you know, you're late on your premium for your for your dental. Uh, but the point is customers or or carriers either or can need to start a conversation and have a conversation. And, and I think that we want to be in a position where we have access to that information in a super personalized, incredibly relevant, respectful, brand right voice regardless of that channel. So Splice is providing, uh, you know, dialogues, whether it's calls, whether it is SMS, whether it's a chat session, um, wherever that customer is, if you're, you know, you're performing a chat with basic SMS, or it could be on WhatsApp or Facebook, we're there for you. Um, and we want to we want to be aware of of where you are in the journey and what's the most relevant thing to you. So it all does come down to data and architecture to really uh, deliver a beautiful experience. But you can get started wherever you are, and I think. Um, that's that's a really important part of the message too. At Splice, we have some customers that are, are you know, still dragging and dropping their files, right? Versus an API and, and that's okay. And um, I haven't met a customer yet that doesn't have bad data sometimes, right? So you, you build in a data map to support that. And so um, there's this beautiful vision and ideal of real-time data and great customer security um, to support these interactions. And then there's all these ways to work towards that full vision. And so obviously always keeping your security there keeping that personalization as much as you can um, as we move forward towards sort of this this new reality that we're all we're all we're working towards
1: yeah you know I so just to to go back to one of the things that you said and and that uh, I think is really important when you're talking about the customer experience, it's it's meeting the customer where they are right so you know there are Mm -hmm. customers that are at so many different points in terms of where they are technologically in terms of how they want to interact and engage with their carriers or with their agencies that there's never just one option that a customer um, that, that, that you could engage with the customer and per, uh, per that option so you know for you all to, to have the capabilities around text and sms and you know phone calls and other uh, data-driven opportunities you know I think that becomes really valuable in terms of helping the organizations that you're partnering with to really meet the customer at the point of how the customer wants to engage with that organization. Now, you know, with that said, you know, you mentioned that you all use data um, and artificial intelligence to drive that data-driven dialogue um, mm-hmm. that could be meant uh, that can be uh, leveraged across a multitude of channels and, and communications. Now, you know, just just thinking about that applying to the insurance space, you know, how exactly Is that applicable to insurance and who and how are you engaging with not only the customer, but also um, the, uh, the, the carrier as well as agencies in the insurance industry?
0: Yeah, so that's a big question uh, that we're unpacking together. <laughs> so um, all of these people, from carriers to brokers to customer to to maybe prospect. Um, I, I think the the first thing you want to look at is what part of that customer journey are you addressing, and where did they come from? And so uh, the less you know, the less segregation there is between all these different dialogues and conversations, the easier it is to keep it together. But um, a lot of times the whole prospecting piece is gonna be totally managed on a different inbound, you know, uh, trajectory and, and those dialogues and conversations. But the truth is you've actually learned a lot about how that customer likes to interact during the onboarding process of attracting that customer. Uh, and then they, they're they in the broker agency discussion. And so what you can definitely look to and what we try to help do is have that, you know, single view of customer, So that customer profile or ID Um, that unique customer view and you start to capture that information and whether you're using, you know, systems like an Adobe system or you're using a Salesforce or whatever that might look like for you uh, before you hit that core you know, your core system provider, having a view um, of of very simple things. So Splice is able to help you get started right away though. So let's say you you do have a policy, obviously unique policy holder view, and you you do have some of that information, but maybe you haven't really aggregated and connected all of those various interactions about what they like to click. And, you know, did they happen to click on the ad that had a couple sitting on the beach or was it a dad at the swing set, right? Like what engaged them, right? where What am I learning about how they like to engage? Um, But you can do Simple things like you can do geographics and you can do language preference. And, you know, having been around for over 12 years and 13 years now and looking at hundreds of millions of interactions across multiple channels, we can make some of those really great AI-driven recommendations and insight-driven recommendations like we need to offer Spanish here or we need to look at a different pace of language in this region um, or we need to speak faster um, or we need to make sure that we're always offering that chat and, there's there's a lot of things that come from hundreds of millions of record sets, right, uh, as far as insights. Um, but I think when it comes to tying all these conversations together, the more you can create access with the data, and that's where it goes back to sort of my original concept on the architecture. Can I have a view? Do you have a, a source of customer record, and, and and how can we grow from this? So I'll give you a, an easy example, but if a customer is shown a preference to manage their claim via SMS, And you get their express consent to continue to dialogue with them after the claim. So not just about the claim, but now they've given you an express consent because they're shown that preference. If you're going to target them for their next, you know, product or for their, you know, insurance for travel or their insurance for their next car or their cottage or whatever it is, you want the opportunity to be there in that form. They've shown they have a preference for that chat. So that kind of information needs to come back right, into those engines. And so I think whenever you show up as a vendor in the insurance space right now, one of the most important parts of your mindset has to be, I'm a I am a cog in this beautiful machine and I need to communicate with the other systems within it so that we really are offering the customer that single experience of a brand. Um, and so there's... There's a lot to that, um, but I think if a, if you're looking at a vendor today, first and foremost, you want to be in the cloud, you want to be API driven, um, and you at least want to have a strong access point if you're running something that's still on premise to your point of, you know, COBOL systems still out there and AS400s at play, and these things are true, um, but it doesn't mean you can't get started, right, and so just realizing that information really needs to be accessible in a safe secure way across all the different dialogue points and that's that's a really big differentiator right there
1: yeah, it, it absolutely is a differentiator. You know, um, I, I want to you know just uh, just just talk about um, the massive amounts of data because with what your uh, capability is doing, it's collecting a significant amount of data across all customer sets through all of the different channels that the customer is engaging in. Um, and um, that's something that can't be done and, and can't be synthesized on a manual basis. It'll take a significant amount of uh, of, of human power to go through that information. So I, I think that's where the importance of leveraging. Artificial intelligence to assess that information and then provide what those trends are, or uh, to your customer, um, is uh, be- becomes really important. Now, with that said, I-, I would make the assumption, and I guess this is a question for you. You know, um, does. Uh, uh, given the carrier agency vendor, whoever's using your capability, access to this data and information about how the customer behaves, uh, have you seen that that's starting to drive more um, higher returns? You know, through leveraging your platform for those organizations that's partnering and using it.
0: Yes, um, it, it's, it's a huge yes. So uh, one of the things that we always have to work in our, our data agreement is for them to understand that all of your customer and policyholder data is always just yours, um, but an anonymized version of how that profile of individual is interacting and having their outcomes goes into the learning engine, right? And, and, and that anonymized version is how we leverage and create these best practices and, and recommendations from the system. And so a really practical example um, is that sending somebody an SMS Message as a reminder for a bill payment is significantly uh, and and without you know hard numbers and but you know all, nearly half nearly half as successful as sending out an automated call where they can complete that action. Um, And some of it is the fact that you can make immediate action on the phone um, without any of the sort of the shame of talking to a human, right? So you can just stay in a a fully compliant phone and and complete a payment or update it. Um, Some of it is because that text message then has to go through to a link that has to go through a page, has to go through a login, right? You can see how you'd have to authenticate in to make a secure payment in a platform. Um, But that's something that people will have all this speculation around and they'll talk about, well, different age groups, and they respond better and they're 100% in this channel and you'll say, well, that's great, but none of the data supports that. Um, And so that's very, very, very simple. I don't even know if I'd call that AI. It's it's more of an insight. but, but there's more subtle things. Um, and one of the, the really large ones is the important and emotional impact around the emotion and tone of a voice in an experience or the linguistics in which something's written. And by getting that right and by looking at different demographics and different types of customers, um, a really nice subtle one is recognizing loyalty and what that does to the overall feeling. So if you've had your first accident or you've had your first home claim and we recognize you as a longstanding customer and this is your first claim and we're going to be here for you, is completely different than just giving you a generic claim notification. Yeah, we know this is your first notice of law, here it is, right? And and we've seen that show up because of hundreds of millions happening and you start to be able to see a trend and you have enough data sets that you can do an A-B test and multiple A-B tests. And what you find is over time, you really can say, hey, we have a different net promoter score. We have a different customer SAT score for individuals that were seen. And I think there's some really basic, raw human just need to be seen as an individual that we have a beautiful opportunity, not to be creepy, right? Like nobody wants to be like, it was April 13th, 1980. When you right, like ew, gross. You were standing in your living room when you filled out the policy. Oh God, right, like that would be really gross. But if I can say to you, thank you for being our customer over the last twenty years. We, we, you know, in your loyalty, and we know this is your first claim, and we're here for you. Wow, like that's gonna feel different. Um, and so there's all kinds of interesting things that you can learn um, when you're starting to get that database built out and having a much larger data set to experience and A-B test on. Um, what makes a person feel important and special and, and how does it change by cultures and by regions? Um, and ultimately, how does that change your brand experience? Because I think at the end of the day, we're trying to have a beautiful brand experience in a way that represents the values of that brand. And that's, that's, the, that's the goal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, hey, really quickly before I get into the next question, I wanted to validate this. Um, did, did, did you guys officially launch the, the Squawk Connect product? And is that still one of the products that's available or no?
0: Yeah, so Squawk is a great story, and that is a wonderful call-out to your unedited show. Um, so the Squawk product is uh, alive in a couple of test sites. Uh, so for people that don't know, Squawk is um, an IoT uh, rollout of the Splice product set, and it's, it's. so we sometimes say, um, help the human, help the home. And so the core Splice products and in insurance are sort of helping the human policy holder um, and helping them have the data and information they need. Um, in the Squawk story, help the human, help the home, the home is able to talk for itself because it's a fully connected and censored home. Um, and so we're actually working with a really cool group out of Guadalajara, Mexico and they're doing um, some limited test and um, there's different times. So if you watch it like a hawk, there's times where you can just go on the App Store, uh, Android or iOS and download it. Um, it. We're right now working with a series of, of, of connected devices, but it's basically running a large scale beta. There's a lot of consolidation and things in this space and there's also a huge lag in truly wiring our homes. Like as much as we all think we're making great progress, I'm kind of like really sad that most people still just ask Alexetta, play music or what the weather is right so so we're not quite going as fast as you think um, and so we're sort of letting some of these things sort of play out so I would say for the greater public no uh, you go check out the site you're not going to see a ton of new updates on it but it's definitely not dead um, but it, we're sort of just running a, a some test periods
1: yeah I, I got to say you know when I um, so of, of course as I'm uh, you know looking up and, and you know reading and learning more about what you all are doing in, with splice um, as soon as I uh, you know got into the detail around Squawk Connect, um, I became really excited, right? You know, because you know that truly is, as you mentioned, sort of an, uh, an opportunity to distribute some of the urgent notifications to help a customer engage um, uh, with their IoT devices or um, with the information that that's coming from those devices. And, and 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 in reality, what that really does is it it really helps to streamline all elements. Of communicating with that customer through many, many different channels in which they need to be communicated with, that can help them make actual decisions around what to do in the event that a notification is sent off. You know, so um, I, you know that that uh, value um, around what you all have done with Squawk um, really aligns with your uh, concept of, of of your organization around truly creating that uh, disciplined communication between customers um and uh, the organizations that they're working with. Now, you know, um just just continuing to to think about Squawk, you know, what's what's the long term vision for that? So I know you mentioned that it's in the, the the pilot phase. Um is there an expectation to have that product be rolled out in something that's ubiquitous as a core product of Splice?
0: Yeah, so these are so one of the biggest things we're super excited about in the vision of of Squawk and, and Squawk Connect is is the idea that data is for good um, and if you could just let me segue for, for a second. One of the things that I really connected with um, as we got into highly personalized data and IoT messaging because IoT sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, takes it really close to creepy really fast, right? Because I'm, I'm very much, this is where the phrase, you know, big brother and the spying and you looked at what happened with telematics and how many people pushed back and said, you know what, forget it. You can take your freaking right cut and stuff it. I don't need you tracking how I drive them out, right? And and there was a lot of pushback and there was a little bit of discounting and it's been rolled and it's safer and, and it, it's still staying alive but they certainly really bled, on, bled that, you know, as they tried to merge that forward. There was a lot of pain and resistance and we really watched how telematics came to market and said, what does this look like in the home and then all of the security around once your home is fully wired, can everybody hack it? Can they break it with security? And we're watching a lot of these things mature, um, but we also were watching for the consumer to step up and recognize that there's no free lunch and I think this is a really really important uh, revolution that has to happen for us to make that next step of evolution and things like GDPR are are really helping it um, move forward and starting the conversation but we thought that Facebook would have a beautiful digital catalog and place to connect and meet with our friends and all of our photos and storage and planning and all of it was just ever going to be free and they'd never take anything from us that's so crazy like if your parents didn't tell you, I'm sure your first boss did, there's no free lunch. And so how does that relate right like so so important but how that relates to squawk and squawk connect is that um there's a maturity and understanding that is evolving in the marketplace and one of the biggest messages that i champion and that splice champions is data for good if we're going to collect and know these things the first thing we should be doing it is using it to help create and better serve that problem serve that customer help humanity and i think technology's job is to try to make things easier for us and more connected and more meaningful so we can innately do the things that are most human in the way that we take care of ourselves, each other and our planet. Right. And i, I, I that's that idealistic statement. And so when I got excited about about uh, Squawk and it was very awesome. A big shout out to the Accelerate group in in, in Boston at, uh, at the MIT group and in Boston Accelerate uh, government group, just huge support there for our Accelerator. Um, but as as we got excited about this, I really was struck by where you first saw it happen with Under Armour and the acquisition of uh, Fitness Pal, right? And um, so if they started to develop all kinds of connected devices. And so, yeah, you know what? If I shop at a store, you might know when I bought running shoes, right? And if you stalk me on Instagram or, you know, something, you're going to know that I run. And unless you're like married to me, living with me. And even then, I don't think I tell my husband, like I don't tell people how much I weigh, but guess what? I tell Under Armour because I want them to know. I want them to know when I run. I want them to know when my shoes are done. They know when I bought them. They know what I weigh. So guess what? They know when I need new shoes. So when they tell me, hey Tara, we have a really great deal for you on shoes. I don't think they're selling me shoes. I think they're saving me from plantar fasciitis, right? And so that's the vision of data for good because i've told them a creepy amount of data happily and voluntarily so if i'm going to have this very connected home and i'm going to have different insurance when i'm traveling for a month and a half right or they know um that we just put in a new pool or they can tell that my kids are home for the summer from university because their showers are more you know what i mean when they see all of this data you can probably upsell and cross-sell a bunch of stuff to me which is a brilliant and exciting opportunity and reduce my risk by notifying early but I need to invite you in. I need to be aware of the exchange and it needs to be a data for good scenario. And I think that insurance is still struggling with the big brother. This is for the actuaries to help us be more accurate, right? We're going to use this behavioral and you know, st- you know know situational data just to underwrite you better. And I just think that's kind of gross. And I think we need to get back to that feeling of like, wait a minute, I told you everything about me because I want you to save me from plantar fasciitis. And oh, by the way, I'm happy to give you 160 bucks for these new shoes.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I think that's uh, I think that's a, a good way to to look at this, right? You know, from the perspective of data uh, data for good. You know, when when I think about that, you know, the the difference between an organ or, or a concept like data for good versus what companies like, let's say. Facebook or Amazon is doing, at least at this point in time, right, is, is that the customer is giving that organization the ability to grab the data in order to help them shift and change the customer experience based on what that customer is hoping to get, right? Versus with some other organizations that's using a lot of the personal information to just sell additional products and services, right? Which which doesn't then, uh, essentially doesn't create a, 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 a true um, experience in the way that the customer is hoping to be served, but more from the perspective of uh, that organization that's selling that product. So, you know, your uh, the, the The concept around using data for good I think is a definitely a, a solid concept that needs to be taken into consideration, especially um, when we're thinking about you know um, how uh, in the insurance industry you know uh, the the customer expectation um, will start to adapt to shift more towards uh, changing the customer experience now you know for me that that begs the question in regards to what you all are doing from a communication perspective you know how do you Take that concept knowing that there's a lot of runway um, before insurance organizations will be able to apply that. But how do you take that in order to change that customer experience in the insurance industry itself?
0: Yeah, so how we take you know, sort of that data for good and that architecture and start changing it for insurance today, I think the first thing to be really aware of is that insurance is changing. Um, uh, you look at what's happening with life insurance, you look at on-demand insurance, you look at renter's insurance, like the product set, the way that we want to interface with the product, how long we want to have it. All of these things are changing and all of them are demanding that we're individuals that have an incredibly mobile lifestyle, right? And so we can't just have that as a buzz phrase or term. We really do have to be there for the customer wherever they are. You, you have to make multi-channel make sense and it has to be channel aware. Um, so you have to look at dashboarding. You have to look at integrating it. And so for Splice, by being able to bring, even just bringing all your chat sessions into a single view um, and, and being honest about things like, hey, you were just dealing with Bob, but he's off for the night. I, I can help you with that, right? Versus just pretending you're a single person or if you decide to go bot in the evening, right? And do live agent adjusters online you know, during the day, let's say, in supporting your claims. Um, These are really important things that are brand-based decisions and you need to be authentic, real, and transparent. And so um, by giving them as much opportunity to have that single view and then to talk about where I think, you know, a lot of our our, our carriers and brokers alike really want to be is we need to be there in those moments to understand, you know, when is that next product need? When am I just helping you meet your needs versus trying to sell you? And in order to do that, all of the data from every interaction has to be fed back and we need to start looking at that single view of customer, regardless if it's sitting across a kitchen table with a broker. Um, and, and obviously that's changing so, so much, but still happening. Um, but, but massively changing or you bought that policy online just to go, you know, whitewater rafting, but now you're planning on buying your next car. And if I had a good brand experience, I might want to take that with me right to my next, my next interface. And so we work with companies and we look for partnerships and, um, You see that in, in the, in some of the best organizations and, and, and CRM systems and core systems where they really start to want to have that single view of customer. Um, and, and that's how you leverage it. But in the meantime, at the very least, um, let's just get you know some basics down, like uh, what's their channel of preference? Do you have permission to talk to them there, right? Are you building an Alexa skill? We'd love to build it for you and host it. Um, are you building a Google Action? Um, are you ready to have the dialogue where your customers want? Have you even asked them for consent You know, to market to the one SMS? Um, do you think push notifications is the only way? Um, that's really, I think, where we need to start. And that's where Splice kind of helps, um, helps clients. And really when we work with them, we say, great, let's just first take a quick look and find out. The first thing is how many landlines versus mobile numbers do you have, right? Just start there. How many people are opening and acting in these emails? What's, what's, what's your activity rate? And then starting to build a real relationship. And one of the things I often say to customers is, and clients is we actually, do know how to have appropriate relationships. Like if you have friends and colleagues in your life, we do know how to treat each other. Uh, Our customers, I love that P2P thing, right? No more B2B, B2C, it's just P2P, person to person. (laughs) Um, But I think it's so true uh, because if you just used all of the good manners that you were taught on how to have real authentic relationships, I think we'd be in ship shape and the great news is technology is here to help us do that in an easier way um, because we do know what's right and we do know what's brand appropriate and those are the things that we just need to ensure are built into the systems of our technology not that we lose who we are by automating it, but by automating it helps amplify and stay consistent with who we are. And that's what systems were really meant for, to help us be a better version of ourselves. That's why we implement systems to maintain consistency. Uh,
1: absolutely. Now, um, you know, I, I do want to, uh, to talk about, uh, you know, what you're seeing in other industries right so you i know splice not only works with the insurance industry but works in so many different industries and and in regards to how you all are applying your technology number one are you applying it the same way across other industries and is there anything that the um, insurance space can learn from uh, your interactions uh, with other segments that you work within
0: yeah, I think there is for sure. And um, so absolutely. We work in retail, we work in healthcare, we work in financial service um, and insurance. So some people put financial services and insurance together under FinTech. But I do think there is so much uniqueness um, to each one. And it's really about um, a really fun article uh, that is I put out a, a about uh, a year and a half ago, maybe two years even, was called Mr. Right and Mr. Right Now. And I sort of make the contrast of the relationship you want to have with your bank versus your insurance company, right? So your bank is the mobile app that you want to use all the time, definitely weekly, if not daily for a lot of people, right? It's a weekly use. You need it to be there. You know how it works. And it's part of your infrastructure, how your life works. And it's 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 really Mr. Right. And Mr. Right Now is like, and this is just so uh, taboo and it's kind of a fun, funny article, but Mr. Right, now is like the affair. You never want to have it. Once you want it, that's all you want. Once you've had it, you wish you didn't have it. And, and I think for insurance carriers, I tell them, hey, like your mobile app is Mr. Right Now. Nobody wants to have a claim. Like they don't want to use this. This isn't a good way for you to dialogue with your customer. This isn't a sustainable relationship or you out of your mind. Um, and so I, I made that contrast. But I think what you need to first realize and what I can learn from industry to industry is how does the customer actually want to in, you know, engage with you, right? So if you're in retail and you're selling blouses and shirts or hair accessories or, um, or, or you're selling furniture and couches, that's a different pulse rate or mattress, rate, right? Even on what's my expected communication? You know, how often should we chat about this? And so I think that um, in a lot of ways, insurance has a lot of opportunity to learn from that. And one area that the insurers can definitely learn from retail is retail is starting to get better at asking for permission throughout the journey they're starting to set expectations. Uh, Apple's one that does that. When you walk into the Apple bar to go see and get you something fixed and you wanna go see the Genius Bar, what happens? They get out their little tablet, they ask you for your cell phone and they don't ask you if you wanna sit and have a coffee. They don't ask you anything. They say, I will text you when it's your turn. If you don't reply and come for that text, we are done and we're going to the next one. And you say, oh, great, thank you so much. I'm so excited and honored. You're happy to work with me, right? <laughs> and then insurance says, oh, my God, I didn't tell them I was going to text them. I don't know what to do. Now they haven't paid their thing. How am I going to get hold of them? We'll send out some letters. We'll get some live callers. We'll spend, you know, all of this money. And you're like, could you just maybe set the expectation earlier in the relationship, right? Right, that's every relationship benefits by expectation management, right? And, and I think that's something that we, we just don't do. So I think for sure... Specifically speaking, every customer touch point and claims is a big one where you have a really, you know, second chance. If you didn't do it when you onboarded that customer prospect, then you can do it later. If you're a bank, banks can get really good at getting consent to reach out to you about rate changes, mortgage changes, right, renewal rates, ask for that Um, because customers are starting to buy insurance in a very different way than they ever have before. It's very on-demand. It's very quote-based. It's not based on the relationship and the fact that we always go the same coffee shop when I buy a new policy from you, right? Or I come down to your house or you come to my house even for my blood work on a health policy, right? It's changed. Um, And so if you want to be in that fast-paced new world, you need to have permission to continue the dialogue in the way people live and that's mobile, right? And so there's There's really big opportunity right there. Um, And also to start really profiling customers, not just for actuary and for underwriting and for this and that, but for dialogue. Right? A data-driven dialogue informed about who you are as an individual. These things are really available right now. And, and, and we're always very excited when we get a chance to leverage them. So through, you know, great partnerships with great core systems like Duck Creek, like Insurisoft, like Majesco, um, we're able to help customers leverage so much of that information. And, and again, you're going to have bad data. I can't say that enough times, right? Most of these companies have come together by amalgamating a bunch of other companies. Um, and they don't have a single data set that matches perfectly, you just do a data map, and you either have something that equals fail or equals generic, right? Um, and so there is, there is a safe way forward, um, and other industries have figured it out, and I, and I think we're watching insurance um, start to realize that changing relationship, whether it's being sold through an adjuster or it's being sold direct online or um, whatever that model looks like there's a lot more knowledge, and um, they're making decisions a lot faster, uh, and they're willing to leave you if they're not happy. Um, so the days of, like, unending loyalty are kind of over. Um, you really need to earn that relationship uh, every day.
1: Yeah, that that's a, a significant difference from where uh, the industry was, I would say, even just five or so years ago. And, you know, and I love the analogy about Mr. Right versus Mr. Right now, and, and you're absolutely right, especially in the insurance industry. You know, most or most um, policyholders aren't going to want to just maintain a mobile app on their phone, right? The time that they're going to do that is uh, in the event of a claim. You know, I, I can give my own personal example just a few weeks ago where, um, you know, uh, somebody backed into uh, our car. And, um, you know, I wanted to, to quickly get the adjustment done. And they sent me a link and said, hey, download this. So it wasn't an application that I had on my phone for my insurance company. It was one that I used for the point in time. And, and I got to tell you, it's just sitting there, haven't opened it up again, right? You know, so, uh, so that's it to, to the point that you're making. It, it really is about, you know, um, engaging in the way that the customer wants to engage, but knowing what the customer wants from an organization as well. You know, a lot of, uh, customers aren't going to want, a, a full fledged, you know, insurance, uh, app on, on their, um, on their mobile and, and, those sorts of things. So, you know, as, as I, um, as I think about that, I could see, uh, so, many other things that fits into the future of where your organization can go, uh, especially with the uh, the depth of what can be changed and transformed in the insurance industry. So, you know, as you look out um, in the future for Splice, you know, what do you see a couple of years down the line um, in relation to engaging in the insurance or in the fintech space?
0: Yeah, so I think for, for the vision for fintech, I do believe that so many uh, decisions are now being made so quickly and we're multitasking. The, the importance of voice enabling all your applications. So when I'm driving home, I have a chance to quickly ask in my car that's fully Alexa enabled, right, or Google Home enabled, what's the status of my claim? Or, oh my God, I forgot to ask for my you know husband or my daughter or whoever, right? Oh my God, do we have contact? Lens coverage, right? At work, the policy, Um, but being prepared to have that conversation anywhere and splice, having the ability to have that totally personalized voice, because. Amazon and Google are moving into all of these spaces. They're owning all of this data. The last thing you want to do is have the exact same voice experience on the exact same voice device because you're going to have absolute brand confusion. And so brands in insurance, and I believe it's going there, they need to start owning the brand experience across the board, just like Amex controls everything from the smell to the jingle. Right? You walk in an Amex lounge, they all smell the same. Why? Because they understand it's a five senses experience. So I think you're going to see brands start to wake up and recognize that brand experience has to be deep and it has to be rich and it has to be consistent because that's how they're going to build loyalty. I think you're going to look at opportunities like your point about the accident and realize I want to be to just text you that photo in on the same number I just talked to you on, right? And so you're going to see people make a move from short codes to long codes. Your 1-800 number becomes the same thing I can SMS chat you on. I can do it on home. I can do it on Skype, I can I can and if I decide next time I'm on Facebook when I want to do it I'm going to be using Messenger, right? These are my choices. And and I think you're going to expect that single dialogue and you're going to watch the best brands rise to the occasion and say, "We're going to enable partners and platforms that really help us deliver on this vision and we're going to own our brand and we're going to own our core values and what it is to work with us in every one of those touch points." That's what we're really excited about delivering for Splice is that single source for that dialogue regardless of the platform and so we want to support you across all of those channels all of those devices
1: yeah and I'm looking forward to uh, watching you know how that continues to play out in the success of splice so you know hey Tara you know um, one of the questions that I I always like to ask because I love to make our conversations tangible to the listeners of the podcast, especially as they're looking to transform and change with the status quo in the organizations that they're in, you know, so if there's uh, someone that's listening to the two of us here speak today, and, and, and you're talking a lot about the innovative things that you all are doing over at splice, you know, what advice would you give a listener that's also trying to be innovative and challenge the status quo in their organizations?
0: I think the one piece of advice I would give is make A very clear, conscious decision about what you want to be the best in the world at. What are you in the business of doing? And anything outside of that, find a brilliant partner that has the right passion and vision that supports where you are going with your brand
1: absolutely you know so um very great advice so hey tara you know i, I want to say thank you you know i, I do truly uh, appreciate the conversation this was an excellent conversation around what you all are doing in splice and and how that could apply to uh the insurance sector and beyond you know if anyone wants to learn more uh, or to get in contact with your team you know what's the best way for them to do that
0: So absolutely, that's a great question. Please go check out our website. It is splicesoftware.com. That is splicesoftware.com. Or call us. We'd love to have a real dialogue with you. We'd like to set up a meeting. Uh, You can reach us at 1-855-677-5423. We are here, and we'd love to have that dialogue with you.
1: Absolutely. Well, hey, Tara, once again, uh, I want to say thank you. I do truly appreciate it, and I look forward to continuing to following the successes of what you're doing at Splice. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insurance Innovators Unscripted Podcast. So for all of you first time listeners, hit that subscribe button so you can get all of the new episodes when they're released every Thursday. You know, thanks once again. If you found value in this episode, don't forget to share it on social media and through your colleagues in the insurance industry and in fintech. So, you know, I do appreciate having all of you as listeners and I will see you next week.